Good morning, everybody. How are we today? I want to thank you guys for having us. We really appreciate it. For those of you who don't know who we are, we are Adult and Teen Challenge. We're a 12 to 15 month drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. Now, Teen Challenge's ultimate goal is to bring life-changing hope to addicts and their families, and this method has been proven to be successful since the 1950s. And today, Teen Challenge is the most effective program of its kind. We have a 22-bed men's facility in Manchester, New Hampshire, 11 centers across the New England area, 230 in the United States, and 1,400 worldwide, which means Teen Challenge is changing lives on a global scale. And this is all thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Through these testimonies you're about to witness, you will meet men who have been confronted by hope and who are walking free from addiction today. Please let me introduce you to the men of Adult and Teen Challenge Manchester. Yes. Hello, church. Thank you so much for having us. My name is Jesse. I'm here to give you um, my testimony, tell you a little bit of my story and the life that I've lived and the, the glory of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ. I hope you all love Jesus Christ. That is why we are all here. Yes. So I grew up in a, in a bad household, um, broken family. My father was an alcoholic. I was an overweight child. You know, if I wasn't getting made fun of, at school by other kids, I, I was having a rough time at home. My father was pretty violent and it was hard. It, it was hard and it, it gave me a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. Um, I didn't really know where I fit in. So when I went through high school and college, it was all a desperate attempt to be the person people liked. I wanted to be, I wanted to be cool. I, I did. I didn't know Christ. I, I wasn't brought up with Christ. So all I knew was, you know, the secular world and, and the emphasis it puts on women and drugs and partying and, and, and all of those things that I thought were the point of life, which were so far from it. And I, I lived in that and it, it destroyed me time and time again. Uh, I, I started trying to get help when I was 17 years old and I just, I couldn't get it. I, I couldn't get it. It was, it was my addiction to drugs and alcohol had become very strong at a very early age. And I lived at the academy for many years. Uh, I was a health club owner and, and personal trainer, but at the same time I was doing a lot of drugs. And I ended up uh, having a total meltdown, and I went to the Salvation Army in Harlem, New York, and that's where I found Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, that's where Jesus Christ found me. And I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I was saved. And after that, I had a good amount of sobriety, almost 10 years. I was married. When the marriage fell apart and I'd gotten far away from, from God, I relapsed and over COVID. For about three years after COVID happened, I went to five treatment centers, uh, six sober homes. And in that journey, I ended up in the hospital in a really bad place. Um, I was in the ICU for a month. And uh, I ended up hearing from an old friend of mine. And I went to a treatment out there. And she told me about Adult and Teen Challenge. So I, I drove cross country. And I came here right after I got out of treatment. I, I mean, I, I really... I didn't know anything about this program other than the fact that she said it was based on Jesus Christ and biblical principles. And that's enough to get me to drive across. They also said they have a gym downstairs, so that had a little bit to do with it. So, so I came and I walked into the facility just scared uh, with a lot of fear in me. And I didn't even realize that like, after the first two weeks, two weeks in, I, I had a lot of, 
a lot of anxiety and, and, and pain, and I was dealing with hurt from things that I hadn't dealt with in a long, long time. But I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to use drugs. I didn't even think about it. And I, I didn't even realize that this had been taken from me, that this, this building, the, these people that I'm with, it's anointed. It's, it really is the prayer from y'all and, and all around the world for Adult and Teen Challenge and within the walls of Adult and Teen Challenge, it, it, it puts up a hefty hedge of protection over us and, and Christ is there, the Spirit is alive and it's, it's amazing. And I, I've grown so much. I've been there for eight months and like I said, I was saved. I, I, I did youth ministry at my church. I was very involved, but I never jumped into the word like I have here. And right when I got here, I made it a point. I had a lot of free time. They said, okay, you're not going to go out. You're not going to do things. It's a month to, to get acclimated. So I spent that entire month reading the Bible, and I finished it. And, and I've read it three times now. And, and I, I, I read the Bible before, but it never... It, it, was, it lived in here. It didn't live in here. And through Adult and Teen Challenge, I've been able to understand Jesus Christ and the living words so much better because I, I'm able to connect with it with my heart. And, and that's, that's what he always wanted from me. He wanted my heart. And he has it all now. And I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am to the men of Adult and Teen Challenge, the association, just you, Pastor, for having us here today. I love this church already. Turned up. And uh, just before I, before I go, just stand firm in the faith. Be strong. Be courageous. And do everything in love. I'd like to introduce you to my brother, Rob. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Church, for having us. So, as he said, my name is Rob McGrath, and I'm going to tell you folks a little bit about the program. So, at Teen Challenge, our mantra is residence first. Um, we have four directions of care, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health. That's based from the Book of Romans. I'm just going to um, explain some things and how we take care of those. So, the first thing we offer at Teen Challenge, New Hampshire, is licensed drug and alcohol counseling. So what that does is every week, each one of us meets with a licensed counselor. What she does is goes over kind of our addiction history, how we got there, and ways to prevent it from happening in the future when we get out of the program, such as relapse prevention, triggers, things of that nature. Um, the next part is that we believe that the Bible is the solution to ending addiction. Um, so our academics coordinator brings out different Bible verses of situations that we dealt with in our lives. Some examples are depression, anxiety, fear, pride, lusts, and allows us to work through our problems through those verses in a spiritual way. Now, like Matt said, we come in a household, we have 22 beds in our facility. Um, the guys come from different backgrounds, different educational levels, different upbringings. So picture all the folks over here living in one house for a year. Miss, you didn't look like you liked that idea at all. <laughs> but it's good because we can use those biblical principles to get through the differences with each other. You know, So when we get out in the real world, it's real easy to get along with other people, which is big. Um, also, anyone who doesn't have a high school diploma 
does get one through the HICEP program before they graduate. That just increases the chances of success in the real world and builds their uh, resume as well. Um, next, as you guys saw when you walk in, we have our cutting boards back there. We do provide vocational training skills. Um, those are made by a few centers in New England. We're opening our center um, in a few months this year, so guys can learn that skill, get a job when they get out. We also provide leadership training, um, as well as business development skills through our fundraising um, and donations. So that, again, builds a resume, gets guys prepared for the real world so they'll have experience when they get out. Because of addicts, a lot of us did what we want, when we wanted, how we wanted it, and this provides us just more knowledge to gain. Um, we also have a mentoring program. Everyone that graduates the program is a staff member there. So they've been through every tough situation that we've had. They've walked on our walk. They've been in our shoes. So they can relate to us, you know, on a very personal basis. Um, the next part is that there is an apprenticeship program. Um, a lot of times after the 12 months, we don't kick people out on the street. Uh, we have a transitional phase where they can be finished with a program but have leadership responsibilities in the house with some freedom so that when they're actually ready and they have everything together, such as like a job lined up, a place to stay, that it's a smooth transition. Instead of sending someone out there that has a lot of anxiety, uh, fear, we wanna make sure it's a smooth process, nice. which we provide for everybody. Um, life coaching is another big thing. Like I've been mentioning, a lot of guys when they come in here don't even know how to do a resume at all, um, nor have a high school diploma. So we have someone who's licensed. She coaches how to manage finances. She'll help us get driver's licenses. Um, build a resume as well as work on how to approach companies on how to get employment on their way out. Um, so it's a really smooth transition. Next we go to a church every week, our home church in Manchester, do a Bible study with other folks from the church. That's again, that helps fellowship um, with other people of God, which is awesome. Um, we pray all day, every day. We believe that prayer is the foundation to end addiction. Um, and it's huge, a huge emphasis on it. We pray for each other. We pray for everyone who has a prayer card. We pray for everyone at the churches we go to, and it's huge. Um, we also go to our headquarters in Brockton, Massachusetts, every two, mo three months um, for a spiritual enrichment event where there's guest speakers um, that we can talk about addiction and how to overcome it through the power of the Bible. Um, we also go to New York to a camp and have a, uh, an outreach program there every time, uh, every year. Um, it's just a good fellowship. Um, to get out of ourselves and worship. Uh, we have church services. We go to a different church every week like we are today to share testimonies. And the director also comes to the center uh, every Tuesday to bring a word about what's going on in the house and he uses biblical principles to connect it all together so we can apply that in a positive way to the rest of the week, which is awesome. However, like I mentioned in the beginning, health is a big emphasis on health because a lot of us come in haven't seen a doctor or a dentist in years and years and years, so we wanna make sure that that's a big priority. We provide transportation to dentists, doctors, we get everyone health insurance that's in the program, um, provide them uh, transportation to the emergency room if they need it. Um, so it's always based on the resident to make sure they have a complete package um, of both spirituality with God as well as health. Um, next, we do get three healthy meals a day. As you can see, none of us are starving here, folks. <laughs> And uh, as Jesse mentioned, we have an awesome weight room in the basement um, that most of the house uses. It's a great, great opportunity to get any stress out um, as well as a good fellowship with each other and stay healthy in a positive manner. Um, because when we're out on the street, we don't partake in any of those things. We neglect our bodies completely. So it's very important to keep them a temple. Um, we have Tempur-Pedic beds for everybody. 
we got them all um, bought, and uh, we want to make sure that everyone gets a good eight hours of sleep every night, which is awesome. Um, another thing, you know, God can restore anything. Um, so we believe that family visits are a huge part of this program. We have family visits every single week, um, and it's just awesome. I've seen firsthand a lot of people's wives, kids, family members brought back to them um, from their being destructive in the past. So that's a huge part of this program, which is awesome. And lastly, folks, supervision. You know, of course, us having that addict mentality, we think we can do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. <laughs> so we always have someone in the house that's there that's been through the program um, that can kind of make sure things are going OK, there's no arguments, things like that. But they're also there to lend a helping hand if someone's struggling or going through a rough time. They can pull them aside and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation so they can get through it and end it in a positive way. Um, so again, that's what the program's about, folks, now that you know a little more. Um, now I'm going to roll into my personal story. So again, like I said, uh, my name's Rob. I'm from Concord, New Hampshire. Now, fortunately, I grew up in a pretty good household. My parents divorced when I was younger. But other than that, no abuse, no neglect. Things went well. Uh, I played three sports in high school. Um, I went to a business college in southern Massachusetts where I uh, got my master's in business administration. Graduated cum laude, so my life started out very good. Um, I was recruited right out of college to a Fortune 100 company, and um, I was doing awesome. I had every materialistic thing I could want at 25 years old, and um, I, didn't ex I didn't see anything coming from there. Um, due to a sports injury, I was introduced to OxyContin for the first time. Um, now, I did drink in the past, but nothing crazy. Um, but this gave me like a euphoric feeling. Um, that aha moment. And um, it gave me something that I always wanted but didn't know how to put my finger on what that thing was. And that was just to get out of myself and just feel amazing all the time. Um, from there, that was a downhill spiral. The next 10 years, um, I struggled. I couldn't get out of it. I didn't know how to. Um, I'd have years of sobriety and then go right back into it. Um, at the beginning of my addiction, I met um, the love of my life. Um, we, had, we got married, have three children together. My oldest son's eight, my youngest is three. Um, and again, she stayed with me throughout rehabs, throughout relapses, throughout job losses. Um, unfortunately, over time, things wear down on people. You know? And I started getting this feeling of self-hatred for myself and what I was doing. I mean, how could someone of, of my caliber, so say, um, lose jobs, lose careers because of getting high on Oxycontin and fentanyl. Um, having kids couldn't keep me sober. Getting married to the person I love couldn't keep me sober. And I look at my kids each day and pick drugs over them. That was a horrible, disgusting feeling that I had for myself. And I kept doing it because I didn't know any other way to get out of it. You know, so one day, you know, she, she sits me down and says, you know, Robert, I love you, but You've killed me. You've killed me emotionally. You know, you've destroyed this family on your own. And I'm done with this. And I'm taking the kids, and I'm moving halfway across the country to Georgia. So that even fueled my addiction even more. Now my kids are halfway across the country. I'm divorced. All I have is to get high. That's it. I threw in the towel. And, you know, that's where things got really bad. I come from this college graduate with a master's degree to panhandling on the side of the road to get quarters and dollars just to get high. 
with no one around me. Um, and I didn't know how to get over that. Uh, so it got so bad that you know I was arrested with four felony charges. Um, I got a, a note in the, in the jail cell um, from a lawyer saying that um, my parental rights were being taken away, which means I can no longer even see my children for the rest of my life. And that, that was it. I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I went to one of the chapels. It's the first time I've ever prayed in years before that. Um, and I just got down and I, I cried and I said, you know, God, if there's any mercy that's left in the tank, please bestow it upon me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was facing seven and a half years in prison for this. Uh, two days later, my public defender called and said, Robert, I don't know how this is happening, but you're getting a direct transport today to Teen Challenge and getting out of jail. Praise God. And that's only thanks to the power of Jesus Christ, folks. So I came here, you know, at the end of last, towards the end of last year. Um, and um, the parental rights stripped, she dropped that. Um, you know, God's working in my life, trying to get that self-hatred um, and depression down from me. Um, you know, he's definitely hurting my pride by having me submit to authorities, um, having to follow these rules that you know, I don't agree with all the time. But um, it's good for me. Um, now I can, you know, when I first got into the program, I couldn't even talk to my kids. Um, now I talk to my kids every week on the phone. It's a blessing. Um, you know, folks, in just this little amount of time, he's done so much for me. I don't deserve it. Um, you know, things aren't perfect, but they're a lot better than they were. You know, anything is possible through him who gives me strength. And that's what I stand on. Thank you so much, folks, for having us. I appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. How are we today? Good. Excellent. Uh, my name is Matthew Niskola. I'm from Guilford, New Hampshire. I'm 25 years old. Um, my journey started pretty young uh, with my father's inherited alcoholism. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was three years old, and that kind of sent me into, um, you know, the mentality of always living into the future, uh, never really living in the moment, and kind of always focusing on that every other weekend visit, um, where I could go and hang out with him, and, um, you know, that was very unhealthy for me growing up. Uh, you know, I suffered from a lot of depression, and uh, I was very rebellious all the way through, um, you know, my, even in my elementary school, high school, um, and especially into college. Uh, I didn't really get into any trouble in high school, um, but I wasn't really home all that much. I was kind of away from my family. Uh, as soon as I got my license, I was hanging out with friends and just working on cars and um, just you know doing stuff away from home, away from my family, uh, which was uh, definitely not healthy. Um, but you know, I was I was living in in this fog, and you know I was trying to search of any way that I could get out of it. Uh, so that leads me into college. Um, you know, what does somebody do when they move away from home and uh, have all that freedom given to them and all these other people who have all that freedom given to them? They start exploring in the drug scene. Uh, of course, uh, being an automotive student, um, I went to the University of Northwestern Ohio and Associates in Automotive High Performance Technology. Um, and uh, just kind of goes with the culture, you know, drinking and partying and you know, uh, 
um, exploring all the, the, the drug fields that um, just don't lead to anything good. Right. Um, so I experienced that multiple times. Um, ruined a bunch of uh, really good relationships that I had out there. Um, jobs, uh, girls, uh, friendships, um, you name it. And uh, I had some run-ins with the law and kind of, you know, said that was enough. Enough is enough. Um, and when I graduated, I got sober and moved back to New Hampshire. And uh, I was sober for probably about a year or so. And, um, and I started uh, experimenting with another substance and um, went through a couple really bad relationships. I've been trying to get sober for the past couple years. Um, get away from it, but I never really could. Uh, never really had enough of exploring, exploring, and um, you know, it really it caught up to me in the end. Um, you know, my family was pushing me away. I wasn't allowed at my mom's house anymore, um, and uh, you know, I was I could see the downward spiral about to happen again, and uh, I I said enough is enough. So. I reached out to some really, uh, really close church members that I knew, um, visited with them, and then uh, visited with my mother the next day. We went to church, and then uh, I sat down with my family, and um, you know, they're like, yeah, we want you to move home. I was living in Maine at the time, uh, and I wanted to move home, but they said uh, I should come join Adult Teen Challenge first and, uh, and kind of move past all of those issues, figure everything out, and... Uh, you know, just gain the skills that I needed to gain in order to leave that behind me, as well as develop um, a relationship with Jesus Christ, which I, I sort of had, but I never really dedicated my life to, you know, living by his ways that he um, laid out, and uh, I never really studied the Bible before intensely. I kind of flipped through the pages here and there, had some encounters with the Holy Spirit, but up until this point of uh, the end of the summer, I never really, um, never really knew. So um, I kind of said, all right, that's it. Right. So I got sober in a hotel room with my mom. Uh, scared the crap out of everybody. Uh, but came out of that, spent some time fishing with Grandpa and visiting with family before joining Adult Teen Challenge, and then uh, surrendered it all. And, um, you know, he's been working wonders in my life since. Uh, my first week here, uh, I, I met all kinds of crazy people who were like me. Um, Definitely uh, was kind of a relief, actually, being around people who have been through a lot of the things that I had been through, and um, you know I could really open up to, and uh, you know share crazy stories and how to get over all the all the nonsense that I had been involved in over the years, uh, which has been great. So, you know, I got there and it took a little little while to get acclimated, but. We went to Camp Berea uh, right off when I first got here, uh, so that was a really good way to kind of adjust to this new environment. Got to hang out with the main guys and do some fishing and some really good worship. Uh, the worship music that we listen to here is just incredible. Uh, I never really listened to worship music or never really like knew how to worship at all, but it's it's my favorite. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do now. I, I always look forward to our prayers and in uh, the music that we're going to listen to uh, that day, but. Um, yeah, amen. Um, but uh, 
yeah, it's he's been doing some amazing things in my life. Um, I really enjoy spending my free time studying the Bible um, and uh, just helping out the house whenever I can. I'm the one of the drivers here in the house, so I'm, I, there's rarely a time where I get to sit down and uh, and study. But when I when I do get to sit down, I am studying and uh, fellowshipping with everybody else, and you know it's it's been amazing so far. But uh, thank you for having me, everybody. Hello again. So I'm here to explain to you how to fill out this super complex prayer card that we gave you when you came in today. Did anyone not grab one of these when you came in? We'd really love for you to fill one out so you can raise your hand and my friend here will bring it to you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kevin. So as Rob kind of went over in when he was talking about our program, prayer is it's our biggest weapon against the enemy. It really is our way of healing and healing as a community, as a church body, as Christians. So it's very important to us, more important than any donation or cutting board sale or anything to get these from you. We really, really want to pray for you. It's super important to us. We do intercessory prayer two to four times a day, up to two hours a day. We get together and we read these cards and we pray for y'all. So it's very, very important for us as Christians to, to put ourselves aside and to put y'all first. And, and we just, I can't stress it enough, would love for you to fill this out. No prayer is too big or too small. Pray about anything. Awesome. All right, y'all? So when you're finished filling it out, you can just drop it on the tables with us or just find one of us and hand it right to us at the end of the service. Thank y'all so much. Awesome. Yes. Um, what a beautiful church. What an amazing worship team, Pastor. And wow, that, that was incredible. What a man can do with a guitar and a voice. So um, my name's Aaron. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Uh, I grew up the youngest of three boys. I'm 34 years old. Um, growing up, I, it was rough. My father's a Marine, and it was a lot of uh, discipline and, and abuse in the house. And being the youngest, I was getting it from dad or, or the brothers. I, I never really got a break. So it went that way for a long time. There was days I couldn't go to school, couldn't come home from school. The brothers were really jacked up. I saw some really terrible things I shouldn't have seen. And um, it went that way till about the age of 12 years old when um, it was a, a traumatic day for me. My family got a divorce, a lot of violence that day. Police came. So I went from a beautiful middle-class home in Deerfield, New Hampshire to a, um, a run-down trailer. My mom went from a stay-at-home mom to a full-time working mom, not around mom, not paying the bills mom. And um, my brother and I kind of just ran amok. I didn't want to be disciplined, so I went to mom's in the trailer, and, and I got involved with drugs and drug sales, and, and it kind of just escalated from there. Um, 15 years old, I was on the way to a drug deal, and I got in a really bad car accident. A woman crossed over the line in Pittsfield, New Hampshire, on 28, and um, hit us head on. And she passed away at the scene in front of the globe there, and I broke both my legs right above the knees. And that put me in the hospital for a while. My brother stayed with me because he was homeless at the time. So he stayed in the hospital with me for weeks. And um, I got addicted to opiates from there. Um, I finally got out. I was in a wheelchair, still running amok, doing terrible things that I wouldn't be doing, skipping school. Um, later that year, my best friend in the world, my, um, my male mentor, my brother, he committed suicide over a woman. So being addicted to opiates, I just went deep. I just went deep. I, anything I could get my hands on to numb the pains, I didn't want to deal with it. And I, I don't think I ever dealt with that till recently. So um, 18 years old, I got a $100,000 settlement for that car accident. 
and it just threw fuel in the fire. I, shortly after that, I went to, to jail for the first time. And my whole adult life has been incarcerations. I've done 10 years in New Hampshire State Prison for drug sales. I, my house was raided. I was um, selling up to three kilos of fentanyl a month. And uh, I had everything you could possibly want, um, as you were saying, materialistically. But um, it was all taken away in a flash. I've lost family members and, and loved ones so many times. But let me just rewind a little bit. When my brother committed suicide, I was living across the street from a, a church in Barnstead and a, a family that we sold a motorcycle to, we reached out to them because I didn't grow up a Christian, I didn't grow up in church. And my, my dad reached out to them and said, hey, you're the most religious person we know. <laughs> and they said, we're gonna help. And the church held the service for them and there was, that, that place was packed. And it was the first time that God moved in my heart and, and um, I've never been the same since then. And that family, I call mom and dad today They've just taken me under their wing, and they've pushed this program on me since 18 years old. So I just did a two-year stint in the prison for uh, just a parole violation, and finally I fell to my knees and I said, God, I've done 10 years in this place. I have 10 years of parole. What a, something's got to give. I had my family reach out to Adult Teen Challenge while I was in the prison in a six-by-nine cell with a man with schizophrenia who uh, thought you know, we'd fight regularly. So I got a letter under the door, and it was just a beacon of light. It was the only people that would answer my calls every week. It was the only people that showed love. It was, it was wild, so I was committed. This place showed so much love. I said, hey, I'll try it. What's the worst that's gonna happen? I'll leave. I didn't really expect to be here for a year. I've been here for one year, and um, walking the Teen Challenge was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. 10 years in prison, I walked in and saw these guys. They were much scarier than the robbers and convicts. I've been around. <laughs> I have, um, <laughs> I've never been shown so much love, uh, genuine love, and God has just put a blanket over me, and my whole life has changed. I've, I've um, been healed of hepatitis C that I contracted in IV drug use. Um, I've been, I've been reconciled, reconciled with my family, my mom and dad, that um, they own Christian radio stations across the New England. So I'll forever be in ministry. This place is our open doors for me. I'm going to stick on and be an apprentice and help the next set of guys coming in. But when God calls me to it, I'm going to Christian radio. I know that's my will right now, and I'm not doing that. So I know that nothing works in Aaron's way. Aaron, there's many people like Aaron out here. So... So um, we come out here not only to share our testimonies with you guys, but since the beginning of the early church, God's people have taken care of God's people. And, and just because Aaron's here getting, getting right doesn't mean that the bills don't have to be paid and we have to be fed. Like, we come out here and ask for help. So we sell the cutting boards. We fundraise a lot in this program. It's like, like Rob was saying, it's one of the many vocational things that we learn to do. But um, we sell these, and all these funds help pay the way for guys like us to get through the program. And... Um, I get to watch lives just change. I get to watch these guys reconcile with their families, their kids, be fathers, learn how to do laundry, learn how to brush their teeth correctly. It's just amazing. Just, it's wild. We come in really jacked up. So we come out here. We, we ask for help. We ask you to partner with us. As the pastor was saying at the beginning, partnering ministries. And we, we ask for your help. You can be part of somebody like, like Aaron that, that has absolutely changed his life around and is able to speak with people that some people aren't. And I'm going to forever be doing ministry and reaching out and trying to help people as long with all these other guys. And, we do a dollar a day sponsorship. We throw it up here. A dollar a day sponsorship, we ask you to partner with us and help fight this battle and, and help bring people to Christ. Um, well, we're disciples, it's just what we do. We, we, we move in twos and we just, we praise the Lord everywhere we go. So we come out here, we ask for money. It's a dollar a day, less than a cup of coffee, $30 a month. We'd love to get at least, a church like this is, um, we could at least get five today, I know we can. So please come see me after this. I'll help you fill out all the paperwork. It'll take two minutes. It's no, no issue, it's really easy. And, and you can really have like a comfort knowing that you're, you're helping the battle because that's what we're, we're dedicating our lives to do that. So 
Thank you so much. I, uh, I, I pray for this church. Thank you so much. Bless all of you. Thank you, Pastor.